Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Yeah. king. God made me punch in the accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct for the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Smith, the King. And you are listening to this on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast and Podcast Network presented by Picasso Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at PicassoPizza.net. What is going on, Bill's Mafia? I am happy to be back. Uh, Last week was rough for me. It's still kind of rough getting over a cold since y'all had me out there in Buffalo acting crazy for the Dolphins game. It was cold, and then I just ain't been right since. So if I, if y'all hear some congestion, it's that. Y'all see me sipping on my tea. But that's why there was no chop-up last week. That's why I wasn't with Joe last week for uh, for Hump Day Hotline. Just a whole bunch of just nastiness going on inside of my body. I've been – I'm not going to get too graphic with y'all. But y'all know how it goes going from that cold weather um, – to a different climate, but I don't want to talk too much about that because I understand that there's a lot of people suffering right now and a lot of people still um, going through some rough times as far as everything that happened with the blizzard over this last weekend. So I do want to say if you do find yourself listening to this and you're still kind of stranded or you're still in a place where you're unable to do things, I hope this show provides you with some type of some type of, you know, relief for a moment where you can laugh or enjoy it and talk about the bills for a second. But but yeah, I, I would I would be lying if I said that uh, I'm not going back on my word no more. I'm not going back to Buffalo after October. Y'all got me entirely messed up. I had fun. I had fun. Me and Ruben Brown, um, you know, his tailgate was amazing for the Dolphins game. Everything was good. The game was good. Josh looked like he looked like Josh, you know, before the, the UCL injury and before, you know, all of these talking heads saying all of this stuff about Josh. You know what gets me about that? 
some of these talking heads are talking heads from Buffalo. And you call yourself covering the Buffalo Bills and you say you're a Bills fan and you love Josh and you love the Bills, but you look for every single way possible to be negative about your guy. That I don't get. Yes, I'm talking about you, Joe. I'm talking about Joe from WGR. That's my guy, Joe. Uh, shout out to Joe. Earlier, we got into a little back and forth about how uh, Nick Wright was talking about how since week six, Josh Allen has been one of the, um, I guess his numbers just haven't been as impressive as most. And he purposely cherry picked, you know, he took stats that didn't include his rushing. He took stats that didn't include, um, you know, really where he excels. And the thing is, this year, if you don't add context to statistics, I think it's one of those things where you're doing yourself in, in service and you're also doing um, whatever, whoever your listeners are, you're doing them uh, a disservice by giving them half the picture. Um, no excuses for Josh. If you want to, if you want to say, you know what, football and injuries are a part of the game. So his elbow, okay, a hundred percent, let's do that. But if you're going to talk about the statistics where Josh doesn't excel, then let's talk about why let's talk about why the Buffalo bills are the, the team, why they lead the NFL and drop passes. Let's talk about how they had to go and get uh Cole Beasley out of retirement. Let's talk about how, you know, they've been playing musical chairs with other, with other guys and were pretty upset that Isaiah Hodges ended up being picked up by the New York Giants. Let's talk about how John Brown is now back in the league because Josh Allen did not have reliable targets past Stephon Diggs. Let's talk about how Gabriel Davis does not look like the wide receiver number two that we all hoped that he would after the Kansas City game. Let's talk about that. Now, that's not to diss my man Gabriel Davis. I love Gabriel Davis. But you're fooling yourself if you think that um, the combination of Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis is pretty much on the same level as the combination of uh, Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle. You're fooling yourself if you're going to compare it to the, the tandem that we're going to face next Monday night out there in, in Cincinnati. You're fooling yourself. So, so, yeah, let's talk about the fact that Josh also had three games in 12 days where one was a home game that was stripped from him where they barely got to practice. What I'm saying is we're 12 and three. So there's no excuses necessary. I'm not out here to, to talk about why Josh doesn't have, you know, 8,000 yards passing at this point of the season and, and 147 touchdowns. I don't care. What I care about is the fact that regardless of the injuries, regardless of the people who have been able to be in the game and who weren't, regardless of the performance of the receivers, regardless of the way, um, you know, Dawson Knox was able to perform or not. Lately, he's looked like he's looked like he deserves the contract that he has, but he hasn't all season. But regardless of all of, all of that, regardless of how Isaiah McKenzie uh, trips over his own feet or ran out of bounds on certain plays or didn't run out of bounds to to stop the clock in Miami, regardless, we are 12 and three going into this game. We are leading the conference going into this game. We are ahead of the division. And we are Super Bowl favorites. So for, for those who just need a negative narrative to spin about the Buffalo Bills, then y'all can miss me with that. Because what I like to do over here, look, when they play bad, I'm the first one to come on here and talk about it. There's a reason why certain guys on the team don't fool with me. There is a reason. But then there's a reason why some guys do, because I give love. We're going to stay positive and test negative on this show. That's what we do. I say it every single week when I sign off. Y'all not about to get on here and dog my man Josh Allen for being great. Y'all talk about these passing stats as if 
without his running, the team wouldn't be where we at. Josh Allen, this is the second best rushing year of his career since he came into the league. It's his most efficient rushing year. And he's still near the top of the... Okay, you talk about interceptions, you're right. You're right. He has thrown some interceptions that I've come on here and been upset about. But then at the same time, guess what he also does? At the end of the game, he finds ways to win. And now we are what? 12 and 3. <laughs> 12 and 3. And so I'm not about to sit here and complain about nobody, uh, you know, oh, Josh Allen, he, he looks like this and he looks like that. Look, I tell you what he looks like. To me, he looks like a damn winner. Looks like he wakes up and he, y'all know Talladega Nights. I can't say that on here. Y'all know where I was going with that. He wakes up and excellence is the first thing that y'all know what I'm saying. Shout out to Josh Allen. I tell him every week after the game, win or loss, I love him. Because to do what he does in a city like Buffalo is not easy to do. I think Buffalo is one of the, the toughest fan bases to please. You're 12 and three and you got, and you got fans saying that, Ken Dorsey needs to go. You got fans saying that Josh Allen is not doing this. You got talking heads like myself, podcasters, a radio host. You got all of these different, all these different levels of, of media discussing, you know, your performance and they're nitpicking things down to the T. There's a part of me that wishes that, you know, for, for somebody like Josh, you know, that he could have played at a time like, in the early 90s, man, like before all of this social media stuff was around. Could you imagine? Now, there's several reasons for me to come on here and dog Brett Favre. There are several reasons for me to come on here and dog Brett Favre. But could you imagine the way he threw interceptions? He leads. Could you imagine the way he throws interceptions if there was a Twitter back then when Brett Favre was out there throwing interceptions in games that the Packers were just supposed to win. Yeah, now it would have been a different thing. But now social media is to this point where everything is, you know, everything is in your hands and everything. Look, I'm going to tell you what. My quarterback is 12-3, and three, and he's the best damn quarterback that the Buffalo Bills have had since Jim Kelly. And if you ask me, and this is not a shot at Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly is a legend, especially in Western New York. But if you ask me, Josh Allen is a better quarterback because of the things that Josh Allen has to do things Josh Allen has to do things that Jim Kelly has never been taxed to do. Jim Kelly had a team full of Hall of Famers, and this is not a shot at Jim. But when you got Thurman Thomas back, you give Josh Allen a Thurman Thomas in the damn backfield. You give Josh Allen the things that, and, and this is not, again, not an excuse. We're 12 and three. So I'm saying this without the need to complain. What I'm saying is at some point, we have to look at the statistic that actually matters. And at the end of the day, the one that matters is the W's, the W's and the L's. And Josh got less. He has less L's than everybody else in the AFC other than Patrick Mahomes this season. And he has more dubs than everybody in the AFC other than Patrick Mahomes this season. So when y'all going to sit here and talk negatively about my quarterback, just remember that the guy you're probably comparing him to don't have the same amount of wins. Anyway, I'm going to get off my, uh, my speech for the night. I have a special guest. I have two special guests joining me tonight. So the first is a friend of the show. He's been on before. I'm going to bring him on momentarily. And then I have another friend that's going to be joining me who's going to be representing the Cincinnati Bengals side of things. If you listen to the Code of Conduct and you're a follow, if you follow me on Twitter or any social, you know since probably around April, I've had this take about the Bengals that um, 
Just didn't it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. I said the Bengals weren't going to make the playoffs. And I tell you what, last week after the Bengals clinched uh, their playoff spot, Cincinnati, their, their, their fan base found the tweets and they was retweeting and they was quote tweeting and retweeting and commenting. How did that work out? So they're going to come on and they're going to make me eat my words tonight. And we're going to have some fun and we're going to talk about next Monday night's game. And uh, we're going to get into it. So before that, though, let's let's kind of rehash the Bears game. And then let's talk a little bit about my man. Dwayne is going to be joining me right now. We're going to talk. He had a he, he's he had a hockey tournament and uh, he he did some great things for the, the victims and the survivors of the shooting over on Jefferson at Tops. So we're going to talk about all of that, man. What is going on? My man, Dwayne. Good to have you back. Happy holidays. to you. <laughs> uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Uh, Spence, it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind uh you know back here in buffalo uh during our holiday weekend so it's uh we're starting to get back to some semblance of normalcy uh thankfully uh today was actually the first time i drove my vehicle uh since thursday um and trust me it's not because i made the choice not to drive is because mother nature wouldn't allow it i mean lucky you you must not be in the city of buffalo i'm in uh i'm in the city of tonawanda um okay you know, house I was born in when I was a kid. My dad still owns it. And, you know, I, uh, you know, bought it from him, but, um, yeah, I, you know, for two days out here, man, I live right off the water, right off Niagara river. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> I would say early Saturday morning, like three in the morning, I looked out my front window and I felt fear because I, 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 I couldn't see, I, I couldn't see anything in front of me. And when I could, I saw the rapids off the water. I've never seen it more violent in my life. Like we have a pier, like a walking pier right in front there. And uh, you couldn't see it anymore because the, the the water level had come up so high that like you couldn't even see the railings that people would hold on to. It was nuts out here. And I'm sure amongst the rest of the city of Buffalo too. And, you know, I, my heart goes out to those people and those families that lost, lost loved ones. I know uh, last time the toll was up to around like 25 or 29 last I looked and, you know, it's ter- a terrible thing around the holidays, especially, you know, more than anybody else to lose a loved one, what that's like. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, th- that number is probably going to keep going up. Yeah, I don't know why in my head I feel like I saw a number in the in the 30s uh, earlier today. It probably like 30, was, it probably 30, is you know, there by now, um, unfortunately. Well, so with that being said, like I want to reiterate what I said at the top of the show. You know, if you're watching this and you're affected by the storm in that way, A, you know, my my prayers go out to you. And and if there's ever anything that that myself or my family, uh, and that includes the Buffalo Rumblings family, if there's anything that we can do to uh to just to help to spread some love and, and to help you out in your situation, please reach out. But also, listen, stay safe, everybody. This storm is not um, you know, it's, it, this isn't a typical Western New York snowstorm that that we tend no, to try not. to brag about. You know, typically I know Western New Yorkers. Oh, you guys can we can drive through anything. You guys are. So, this is not the typical Western New York thing. So I, I, I really hope and pray that everybody is safe. Um, and those who lost a loved one or those who have been affected by it, man, like seriously, my heart goes out to you. If there's ever anything that we can do, you know, please reach out. So let's um let's pivot for a second because i catch myself i always get emotional in those type of conversations so let's pivot from that and um you last time you were on the show you were um promoting your hockey tournament that you were doing to benefit the victims and the family members of uh the shooting over on jefferson at tops earlier this year how did that go 
Um, it was a it was a, a huge success. Um, you know when you when you run something to this to this size, you know what it ended up being. You know we had twenty six teams uh, register and play in this. Um, you know between having to you know get jerseys in on time, you know securing ice, like we were we were scrambling for nets actually like two days before the tournament. Because we were under the impression that Riverworks had, you know, like any other net, any other rink would have extra nets on hand because almost every rink does. We find out that they don't. So we're scrambling, running around Western New York, trying to find rinks that are willing to donate nets for the weekend. Uh, shout out to Mike Carr uh, for, for doing that for us, uh, you know, loading those nets and taking them back at the end of the tournament because uh, that, that, that itself was a task. But yeah, it was a huge success. Uh, we had the deputy mayor uh, come out and do the ceremonial puck drop. Um, you know, um, you know, we had a, an anthem singer. You know, it, it was a good success. And, you know, I think our goal at the start of this was always if we can raise 10 grand, um, that's success because it's something – it's a precedent we wanted to set for ourselves to be able to justify doing this again in the future. And, you know – we, it was a, there were a lot of learning experiences for, for this, a lot of learning experiences on our end, um, you know, that we'll take to the next tournament. But um, we definitely met our goal and and then some. Um, we're still trying to, you know, we met with, uh, I met actually personally uh, via Zoom with Pastor Giles in the city of Buffalo um, the other day, you know, right before the hot, right before Christmas, trying to figure out exactly how we're going to navigate, you know, you know, it, you know, it's a tough, a tough decision to make, but who gets what money? And he kind of, you know, he gave me some insight, some stuff that I talked to you about too, um, some mm -hmm. insight on how we can go about it. And, you know, we thought we realized that there were some families even that weren't, were left out that were in tops when this all happened. We, we learned that um, there was a mother and a daughter who were locked in a meat, uh, uh, a meat cooler. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, this, this coward, this, this pile of trash, you know, fire, tried to fire into that meat cooler and the daughter is still dealing with those effects today. So we learned a lot by talking to him and uh, hopefully over the next week, we'll be able to get that money out to the people, you know, the families that, you know, some of which were left out of what happened. Yeah. And I mean, well, first I want to say, you know, you did a great thing. Um, I'm trying to, I was, while you were speaking, I was trying to get some of the pictures that you sent me loaded up, but for some reason, uh, I'll get it, I'll get it going. Yeah. But some, for some reason, my, uh, this is acting crazy here, but it looked like a great time, man. You had, you had a good turnout of players. It looks like the uniforms were sick. Uh, my man, Buffalo, Freddie, Dan, Freddie said, um, yeah, we're going to link on that. Cause I, <laughs> I got to. I need some more hockey gear anyway, but um, my man Buffalo Freddie said he played hockey with you as a young lad. Freddie who? who? Fred who? What's like his that. name? I, I, I don't recognize a Fred. I got I to gotta hear who his name Daniel, is. Daniel Frederick. But, Daniel uh, Frederick. When did we play together, bud? I don't know, but he's talking it, like he's old. And yeah, let I want I want yeah. tell him to let me know. I'd love to know when we play together. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but yeah, no, congratulations on that man and the success of it. And, um, you know, everything that you're doing, man, keep your heart in a good, in a good place and, you know, good things to keep coming from it. So, you know, we appreciate that, man. I'm like, I said, I'm gonna try to get some of these, um, he's Dan said the Regals about 12 years old. Oh you my God. Facebook so we're friends. probably talking about the Rangers or, uh, probably the Rangers that, you know, if we're talking Regals house, real house it was probably the Rangers. Yeah. That's he said your life. Facebook friend. So, 
Um, I don't know. But Dan, Dan, Dan he has an old spirit. <laughs> he has an old spirit. I love it. Shout out to my man, Dan. Actually, speaking of my man, Buffalo Freddy, I want y'all to know, I say this every week and I'm going to say this again. He got the best damn barbecue in Western New York. And if you don't believe me, check it out. Go ahead and give him a call. Check it out. Get some of that brisket. Yesterday on Twitter, he was posting uh, some ribs and all that stuff. If you try it and it's not the best, I will sell you the damn refund. Now, also, he has the best party rental company in Western New York. So you already know, you, whatever you need to get your parties going, you need tables, tents, chairs, all that stuff, reach out to my man Dan. He has it all. That's 716-4-FREDDY, 716-437-3339, 716-4-FREDDY. Give my man a call. Yo, so, Dwayne, let's talk a little bit about the Bills. Um, this, this past weekend, the, the Bills went to Chicago in one of the coldest games that I remember even just, like, watching. And... Dude, again, I started the show off by talking about how people are being negative about Josh Allen. I get it. He threw two interceptions. I get it. Um, You know, whatever. However, whatever you want to critique. During the game, I'm like, Josh is annoying me. You know, as a fan, when you're in the game, you're ticked off. We won double digits on the road, and we won the way we were supposed to. We ran the ball. Devin Singletary looked good. I don't know what the problem is. What were your thoughts coming out of that game? I, I tweeted it out weeks ago, man. I said, the only trophy that matters is the Vince Lombardi trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't understand why. I, I get it. You want your it, – it, it's a cool thing in Buffalo that we have two legitimate MVP candidates on each team, one being Tage Thompson on the Sabres and then obviously Josh Allen on the Bills. But uh, at the end of the day, there's only one trophy, one trophy that matters, and that's the Vince Lombardi trophy. And, uh, piggybacking off what you were talking about as you were leading to bringing me on, I mean, wins are all that matter. You know, they're finding ways to win. And, you know, I, I genuinely still believe that Josh, and I'm not making excuses because I, I, before, before you had me come on, I was watching uh, the Redeem Team documentary with Kobe Bryant, LeBron, and all them. And one of the things that LeBron said was, you know, I used to always say in Cleveland, you know, if I had this guy on my team or this guy on my team on this guy on my team, you know, I'd have, I'd have championships too. Well, now I have all of you on my team. I have no excuses. I don't like making excuses for, for, for our players, but I genuinely do believe that Josh is playing through pain. Like, you know, it's not, this is not the same Allen we saw in the first six weeks of the season. That being said though, leaders find ways to win. You find ways to win, and he is finding ways to win. Look what he did in Miami. He found a way to win. You know, that was a tight game. Um, Chicago, coldest road game in the history of the, of, of the fr- of franchise his- of Bill's franchise history, found a way to win. You won, and you won decisively by the end of it. So, for me, like, I don't get all the fuss, you know, from these national media critics that, you know, like to bring attention. Guys like Nick Wright like to bring negative attention to Josh Allen. Listen. Unless your name is Patrick Mahomes, every single team in the NFL, if given the option, is giving up whoever their quarterback is for Josh Allen. Maybe Lamar Jackson, too. But every single team is giving up their quarterback to have Josh Allen under center. And that is a fact. And if you deny it, you're lying to yourself and you're just being a homer. Josh Allen is the real deal. He is an MVP candidate every single season. 
There's n- there's nothing you can tell me to justify. He is a unicorn. The man does things as a quarterback that we haven't seen ever. His ability to throw down the field with precision, his ability to throw a ball, just just how quickly his release, how quick his release is, how fast he throws the ball, how far he throws the ball, and just his ability to just not 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 be not not you know it's not like something he's doing you know um, it's by design. He's willingly running into the chests of linebackers, willingly, voluntarily. He he's not always taking these. He's willing to take that type of a beating to win to win football games. Find me another quarterback that's doing that right now. Can you? No. No, I hear you. I mean, I know I I see some quarterbacks that's running like that, but I I don't see the combination of runner and passer with the same ability in both. You you know what I'm saying? So like as much as I love because I do I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I know Bills fans don't like to say that because that's our you know, that's the team we gotta beat. Yeah, he's a big brother right now. He's our generation's Dan Marino. But other other than the fact that he's on the team I want to beat. I like Patrick Mahomes. I would say um, I'm agreeing with you as well as Daniel was agreeing as well. Baltimore would definitely trade for Josh right now. Yeah, um, I think they have Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. I love Lamar Jackson. The problem is, is um, because of his size, because of the way he plays, he's not healthy. Now, even with Josh, the size that he has, it's a different type of injury. But the mm-hmm. UCL injury was a big deal this year, which is why we're talking about when these numbers drop like this. That's the reason. But Josh is still. Yeah. I think that's the thing. People ignore the fact that he's injured because he played through it. And he's yeah. so big and you just expect him to be Superman. But it, and it's like, come on, man. Like, let's let's just let's just be honest. My man, John, in the comments said, Dwayne, facts. I'll do one better. He is a quarterback that every defense is freaking deathly scared of when defending last drive in the game. How absolutely. would you feel about that comment? Absolutely. And it just it just, you know, if this was a three and 13 team or a three and 10 team, Allen isn't playing right now. They're, they're, you know what I mean? Like Allen's probably, you know, obviously voluntarily because I'm not sure. I don't think he's a guy who wants to sit on the bench. But he didn't. He he wouldn't have played through that injury. No way. If this was mm-hmm. a losing football team, but they're a winning football team, and he's willing to put the team on his back and play through this injury. If you had an Allen that was at 100 right now, those numbers would look a lot different. But guess what? You're still 12 and three. So where's the hang up? I don't understand. Like. Like you're gonna go into Cincinnati. This is pro- this is probably the biggest test of the season next to Kansas City. You're gonna go up against Kansas City or Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, who's also having an MVP level season. So I'm excited for this game, man, because this is a true test for the playoffs. This is you know this this is a nice tune up match for the playoffs, if you ask me. And uh, well, you know it's what, nice the to way you running that. game get going last week, you know this past week against Chicago almost having two 100-yard rushers in one game, and then Allen rip off 70 yards like it's no no big deal. Well, the thing is, so the Bears, I kind of expected that win. You know, and, and, yeah. and not to, I'm not dissing Bears. If there's any Bears fans listening, no, no diss to your boys, no diss to your squad. But, you know, when, when you're the Buffalo Bills going into that game with the record you have, you're leading the conference in your division, you expect to beat a team like, like the yep. Bears. This is really – the way I see it coming up this next Monday night, this is the first playoff game for the Buffalo bills. This isn't a, to me, this isn't a test run because you have to get this game in order to get home field advantage. You want home field advantage. You want the road to the super bowl to go through orchard park. You better, you better damn sure win this game. And I'm going to talk about the, the, that game shortly with my man, Jay money coming on here next with me. Um, so tell me before, before we get on out of here with, with, with you, Dwayne, tell me how you feel this game Monday night is going to go. What has to happen for the bills to walk out of that, game with a dub you need josh to play on another level for sure 
you're going to, it's going to, I think you're going to have to have a balanced game plan offensively where you, you can't abandon the run like this team has, has shown they will, they'll do. Um, you know, it has to be a nice balance of pass and run um, both Singletary and the, just the emergence of James Cook, who in my opinion, I've always thought since day one would eventually be the starting running back on this football team even with those lows with the fumbles and him not getting many snaps, that's always been kind of like McDermott's MO. You got to earn your spot on this team. You're just not given anything. And he earned it. And now he's earned, earned a lot more touches. He's a nice two headed horse. He can run the ball and catch it out of the backfield. So you're going to need a balanced attack out of, out of this team offensively uh, defensively. You know, it's going to be tough. I'm not even, I'm, you know, as, as good as we've looked sometimes defensively, I think this is the first time not having Vaughn Miller, is really, really going to show, in my opinion, and not getting after Joe Burrow. And don't get me wrong, Joe Burrow's offensive line is not good. So even without Vaughn, we should be able to get to him. But, you know, that the impact that, that Vaughn Miller could have on an offense, especially an offense like Cincinnati's, it, I think it's going to show. So I, I expect a high-scoring game. Um, I, I, do, I do expect it to come down to whoever has the ball last, personally. I think that's how close this is going to be. Um, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Higgins, those guys, they're just three, three wide receivers, two of which are number ones in almost any team in the NFL, Higgins and, and Chase, uh, and Boyd is no slouch either, man. You know, as a, as their third wide out who plays the slot. And you talk about mixing, you talk about a running back. I'm sorry. I feel like, I feel like they actually alternate. I'll talk to Jay money about that in a second, about how the the offense is built. But, um, I, I do think, because I, I feel like I've seen Chase at times come out to slot, but he's a boundary receiver. I've seen yeah. Higgins. I've seen Boyd. And then, like I said, you add Mixon and you add – like they have the running game to go with the passing game. So they mm-hmm. have everything that's needed on that offense to really um, just be dominant. Early in the season, they didn't look like this to me. They didn't look like a Super Bowl contender again this year. They absolutely changed it. So we'll talk about it. But look, my man Dwayne – let everybody know uh, where they can find your content, what you got coming up this week or anything you got going on. And then uh, I bring my man Jay money in here and we'll get it popping about this, this Bengals game. He got to beat me up for a second and I'm going to take the punches, <laughs> but, but go ahead and let me know where uh, we can find your you content. You can find me at Dwayne S 39 right there on my handle. That's my Twitter handle at buff strong hockey on both Twitter and Instagram. We're still doing some giveaways uh, for anyone who posted pictures during the tournament and use the hashtag Buffalo strong hockey or hashtag buff strong hockey. Uh, we just gave away um, a custom made grip from butt ends to uh Frangelica from, I forget uh, the team name. Um, I shouldn't, I should know all the team names by heart, to be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, see what she just, she just won a custom made grip from butt ends. And then of course um, you can find me at two goalies, one Mike. Um, and of course, thank you Spence for having me on. I'll be sure. I mentioned you in a text before. I, I'm going through like over 2,000 pictures, and there there were players out there that uh, actually honored your aunt and wrote her their her name on their on their stick tape. So once I find those pictures, I'll definitely send them over to you uh, if you want to share them. Um, but yeah, I uh, I appreciate you having me on. Overwhelmed by the result from the tournament, and you know can't wait to you know figure out you know exactly where this money is going, and you know to send it to people that really need it right now. So. Uh, again, I'm working with Pastor Giles, uh, you know, this week on that too. So I'm excited to get those wheels in motion and really uh, bring the, bring the chapter of the very first uh, Buffalo Strong Hot Charity Hockey Tournament to a close and open the chapter for the second annual one. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, um, like I said, jumping on here with me and, and doing this. But look, we're going to get on out of here, get my guy on here. We're going to talk some – I got to get beat up for a second. Hey, happy holidays to you, man. Happy Have a great new year. And go Bills. Go Bills. So, ladies and gentlemen, I I, I got to – it's time. I got to go ahead and you got to – I got to eat my words. I got to, uh, you know, I got to deal with this. So, y'all know, since earlier this year – I've been talking about I've been talking about how I felt like the Bengals didn't do enough to protect Joe Burrow. I know they had a big offseason. They they spent some money. They brought some big guys in. They did they had a good draft, but still when the season started, it just didn't look like they were protecting them. The offense looked real iffy to me. They started off slow. I think they started off at like two and three or one and three or something like that. I, I don't remember for sure, but I'm, I'm sure Jay Money is gonna remind me. But they was they they just didn't look good. So I said, man, these boys ain't making the playoffs. This is going to be bad for them. They clinched last week. They clinched. And when they clinched, my notifications, I started getting boom, 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 boom. And I started seeing all of these Cincinnati Bengals fans say, how did this go? Retweet this. Retweet that. How did that go? I guess that. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring in my man from Game On 513 or 513. I don't know how he says it, so please correct me. But it's my man, Jay Money. What is going on, brother? How we doing, brother? How are you doing today? Man, I'm good. How you doing? Did you have hey, a good holiday? I got holiday? a smile on my face, man. I'm, re- I'm really happy about this <laughs> moment right here. Hey, no, honestly, a-, a lot of people were down on the Bengals after that 0-2 start. Um, I think a lot of the fan base, though, just seeing where we've been, how we came to where we are, like felt like we would turn it around. And if they remember the 2021 season, it was kind of a similar thing where we started off slow, kind of gained our footing. And then the second half, those last four games, I think Joe broke through like 12 touchdowns and had 1500 yards. So we were rolling at the end of the season going into the playoffs. So, you know, don't feel bad. There was a lot of people who felt the same way. Well, see, I felt it for a reason. Like, well, I guess most people would say they had a reason. Sure, but for sure. me, it wasn't just to, like, I wasn't just trying to crap on the Bengals. No, I no, really no. felt like, I'm like, yo, they're not protecting Joe Burrow, man. Like, right. this dude is, like, they spent all this money in the offseason. Now, y- your tackle is out now with the ACL injury. That's going to hurt. The right um, tackle. Yeah, and, 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 Yeah, so we'll talk about Collins in a moment here. But early on, like, that was my thing. It's like, look, 
Burrow is that guy. And I've said it before. I'm like, you know, Burrow got that it factor. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of people I know who don't like his attitude. I love it. Like to me, I love the the cockiness with the you know, like he he's just I love it. But I'm like, if they don't protect him, either A, he's going to get injured or B, he just won't have the time to, to, to throw to somebody like Jamar Chase. You mentioned we talked the other day and you're like, man, after week such and such, they switched some things up. Yeah. So in your in your opinion, what was the biggest change from early on in the season to kind of what we've been seeing over the last 10, 12 weeks? Yeah, when you look at week one and week two, we were mainly wide zone, a lot of eye formation, a lot of five, seven step drops, a lot of play action. It didn't really work out for Burrow. And we used empty a lot. And when we used empty, that offensive line, just they, they hadn't played at all together in the preseason. There was no gelling going on. They kind of had to figure out their way. And so, like, the, the coaching staff really put way too much on the offensive line early. And then what did they do? Defenses were moving to a tamper two defense, a cover two and the offense had to beat that, right? So what did they mm-hmm. do? They moved to more of an RPO style. That's what the Kansas City Chiefs did against the cover two in 2021 when Patrick Mahomes first start, saw it. So they moved to an 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, uh, RPO style system. And then you got that safety to start creeping down. You were able to allow this offensive line to stay in front of their guys, not have them do too much. Because when you do five, seven step drops, Already you're asking your offensive line to do way too much, especially at the tackle position. And if you look at week one and week two, we went up against TJ Watt and then Micah Parsons, two mm-hmm. potential defensive player of the year candidates, you know, on, on a normal year. I think TJ Watt went out for like eight weeks after that injury. But um, yeah, so the offensive line was asked to do way too much. Once we moved to that RPO, it made it easier on them. The other thing is the run game. So those first two games, the run game was 32nd in the league. After those two games, once we incorporated the RPO, the run game was averaging more than 5.0 yards per carry over like the next six weeks. And, and, and the thing about the RPO was it's a sustainable offense to where if the defense creeps up with that safety or you're, you show a cover two, Joe Burrow's one of those quarterbacks where he'll take the check down all day long, drive the football down the field, go on long sustaining drives and score touchdowns in the end. Yeah, and I've noticed that the more I watch. So I love Joe Mixon. I, I love Joe Mixon. Um, I was actually very, very distraught. Personal reasons that my fantasy team suffered when he was out with that concussion. Yeah. But I just love his running style, man. I love I, I love the way he plays the game. I know, um, you know, now you got to have a two headed monster that kind of was unexpected. Nobody expected your running game to have both guys beat as talented. And now you kind of found that diamond in the rough when he was out um, going into this game. Do you think uh, what do you think the attack for Cincinnati is going to be? Is it going to be mostly passing? Are you going to try to do that mix? Because the Buffalo Bills actually have a pretty good run defense. If you go and look throughout the season, yeah. most most good running backs that we went against, you know, we, we found a way to kind of contain them. How do you feel this this Cincinnati Bengals offense is going to attack? I would say it depends on what primary defense you come out in. If you're playing zone, which I believe you do play zone 80 percent of the time. If you come out in zone and you come out in cover two, we're going to try to run RPOs on you and try to get you out of that. And a lot of that is going to be more gap scheme. It's going to be powers and counters versus that wide zone where you're lining up in an eye formation and trying to hand it off to Mixon. Um, you could see Pirine on a lot of those and pass blocking downs too. Um, so we'll try to attack the middle of the field on that cover two, right? 
And then once you guys, if you guys do switch it up to a cover one, cover three, that's when we'll attack the outsides. Sorry, my man Buffalo Freddie in the comments, man. We so we play in this fantasy league together, and he actually has Joe Mixon in this particular league. I have him in another league that I'm in the championship in as well. So I, I'm kind of fighting myself this week coming up. But he's ta- he's been talking all night in the comments about this. Uh, my man John in the comments has a question for you. He said, "What do Cincinnati fans think about Buffalo? Is there a nervousness about the game? Do they think Joe's going to put up big numbers? Uh, what's what's the general consensus out in, in Cincinnati? But when when talking about this Bills team, I. I think that the Bills team is a formidable team, right? I think the Bills, when you look at the AFC, it's it's the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, and you can put them in any order, really. I think Cincinnati has a complete team from offense to defense. Like, I think our defense is more than capable in coverage and in run defense. And I think our offense is more than capable in the rush and the pass in order to take over the game, just depending upon what the defense shows them. In the same way with Buffalo, I think that Buffalo is one of those teams where they can be explosive if they want to, and they can be patient if they want to. It all just depends upon the game script offensively. And defensively, we know you guys have fast rushers. We know you guys can get to the quarterback. We know you guys have a formidable run defense. The question for us is going to be those those young corners and, and Tredavious White, how do they fare against our wide receiving core? And how how do they um, how does Matt Milano because I think Matt Milano will play uh, mm-hmm. against Hayden Hurst primary coverage. Uh, I want to see that matchup too because Hayden Hurst will be back this week. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. It depends on. It dep- I guess you're right. Every play is different. It depends on on how that goes because I can really see them uh, lining up Teron Johnson on Hurst more than you think so. Um, so okay. yeah, our nickel corner. I, I just. In a game like this, with the speed you guys have on offense, I, I just yeah. see it being a little different. Where they're they're going to try and and try it, they're going to try to match speed up a little bit more um, than mm-hmm. just the, the typical. We got to cover linebacker to try and, and that's just me. I could be completely wrong here, but just yeah. based on what I've been seeing, I really think that we're going to see a lot of Teron Johnson out there on, on in that matchup. And, and but, the other thing too is we like to move Chase to the slot. It's typically, I know you mm-hmm. you had a question earlier about Boyd. Boyd plays the slot typically. But we could move Chase to the slot or he could play inside slot left side um, and when we have four wide. And so that would put either your nickel or your slot corner, I think, at a disadvantage just because Chase is one of those dudes that's he's, it's a monster. We try yeah, to get no, those mismatches, man. right? Dude, Jamar Chase is something ridiculous, man. Like, he's just, like, out of this world. And I mean that with all due respect. Like, that's a compliment. There was – I forget the game now that I was watching, but it was one of the games where it, it ended up being an incompletion because he landed out of bounds. But it was one of the greatest catches I think I've seen in, oh, the in a few years. Yeah. Oh, my one-handed. God, dude. It was, yeah. like, left-handed, over the back of his head, out of bounds. It was just like, yo, where – like, I feel like him and Josh Allen come from the same planet. And I don't know what planet it is, but it's not Earth. Freak. Planet freak. <laughs> just just insane. So let's talk a little bit about your defense, man. I know we're, a lot is to be said about Joe Burrow. A lot is to be yeah. said about Jamar Chase, who we're talking about and mixing. But this defense, man, um, I don't think they get the credit really that they deserve either. Yeah. Like you're a good team because top to bottom, you're a good team. The offense isn't, um, you know, it's not just the offense there. So talk to me a little bit about what Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and these boys can expect when when the Bengals defense is out on the field. Well, I think outside, I think when you think about your defense, we think a lot of the same things. Like defensively secondary, 
you know, our safeties make up for our cornerback play. We primarily play, um, you know, a lot of, of variations of zone. And um, a lot of times we'll bring a slot blitz or bring a safety blitz, but hope over the top on one of our corners. We're always going to bracket um, digs. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, I think what the primary matchup is probably going to be Gabe Davis on Eli Apple. I think that one's going to be an interesting one for you guys. Um, but in terms of the defense and like where their success lies, uh, DJ Reader is just an absolute monster of the nose tackle. And I'm so happy that he's finally getting the, uh, the recognition that he deserves. If you watched that Titans game last year, he had, I think, five stops in the backfield and he had like eight tackles up front this year um, against Derrick Henry, same, same team. Uh, they, but they wound up with 38 yards, but he was taking on double teams and able to give his linebackers gaps to be able to make their tackles. He's a monster outside Trey Hendrickson last year had 16 sacks this year. The sacks aren't there, but the pressures are definitely there. He's definitely like still getting home to the quarterback, still forcing the quarterback to be able to make, you know, either either a bad throw or having to throw the football away. And then on the opposite side, we're losing Sam Hubbard, but you still have Joseph Osai, who's one of those guys that we were really excited about last year, had the uh, torn meniscus in the preseason this year. He's really come out and, and done a lot of great things for us. One of the things that we do, and we'll do this situationally, so this is why a lot of teams don't, they, they don't see it until until it actually rears its ugly head. Um, we like to run a 7-1-3. So that's seven DBs. We have a spy linebacker that's usually a DN playing linebacker. So it would be Joseph Osai in this case. And then we rush three. We force the quarterback to stay in the pocket and be able to make the throw on a situational third down where he has to have a first down. And that has caused headaches for a lot of the league. Yeah, it, and and that's why I tell people I caution Bills fans going into this game. They're like, "Oh man, we, you know, if we if we can get their offense kind of contained and we're good." And I'm like, "Yeah, but do y'all not pay attention to to the defense that they have? They can pretty much do a lot of a lot of the same things in a different way, but they can do a lot of the same things that the Bills defense can do." Um, my man John had another question for you. Yeah, who's going to be responsible for Knox? He's heating up as of late, which is true. He's Knox uh, started off the season pretty rough. Um, a lot of a lot can be said about the season that he's had. Last couple of weeks, he's definitely showing up. Looks like he really earned. He's he now he looks like he earned the contract that he got. Uh, yeah. What do you think they're going to do to contain him? So last year we picked up uh, Trey Flowers, and he's been great against tight ends. We situationally use him against tight ends, and in big in, in big key moments. And he's actually been really, really good. He uses his length a lot. Um, so so we'll probably play him a little bit. Akeem Davis-Gaither is another one. He doesn't really get talked about a lot. He's great in coverage. And then you have Logan Wilson, more of the middle linebacker, but he plays a lot in coverage as well. And we'll mix and match those three guys. And every once in a while, you might see Von Bell down in the box as well, playing a little bit of coverage there. Okay. Well, I want to I want to talk to you. I know we got this big game and we kind of just already ran through it. So I want to get your opinion on something, man, as a football fan and just as a a, a fan of football in general, like in because the first really I could say the second occurrence of uh, Tua Tungavailoa's concussion happened playing against your team. Yeah. Uh, the first time it was against the Bills and then they came out there and then, you know, that's when he got knocked out the game. It's an ugly situation for everybody watching. Um, and now he, he has another concussion. 
not just to focus on Tua's situation, but it does seem as if um, for a league that that is so focused and, and super sensitive when we're talking about head injuries and concussions and stuff, it seems that this year they kind of dropped the ball, especially, though, when we're talking about Tua. What is your take on how just – a how the Dolphins have been handling to his career so far, and then um, in response to that, like this is his third this year, his third concussion. Yeah, um, what do you think the steps going forward for him should be? So the league, I think, responded to it perfectly, putting that ten day uh, plan in place for the player, really more focusing on the player's health and wellness versus you know the team's aspirations, and I think that's important. Um, when you look at the Dolphins and their medical staff. I think every single one of them should be fired. I think, honestly, like what they did to Tua and actually having him come back in that game, and a lot of their fans are even saying, you know, he just didn't look right. They had 20 points up on the board, and he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter. And a lot of those decisions that he made were unto a characteristic, like throws, like that, that you just don't see that often, sailing of the wide receiver, you know, maybe throwing it straight to the linebacker, that kind of stuff. So I would say that the players, the players' health is first should be first and foremost, and I think that the Dolphins organization and the medical staff definitely failed at that. Yeah, and it's it's sad because you know as as much as Bills fans, obviously we don't like Tua, we don't like the Dolphins. You know we can't stand them, but nobody wants to see him injured. Nobody wants to see him lose a game because of that and in in that way. And I feel that even from the beginning of the season, like I know you just mentioned now, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have let him back in. But earlier in the season when they played against the Bills, he was visibly wobbly on the field. They claimed that they looked at him for a back injury, but. There, there to me there's just no there's no way to explain you know allowing him to play in that game then come back four days later and play against the Bengals and then you know, we all remember what happened there as well I just feel like there there needs to be um if if we're going to say head injuries are a, are a priority for the league to to make sure we prevent and we're going to protect the player, then I, I think I just, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more. Now I don't mean as far as play. I think the game is being played just about as safe as you can play it these days. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to see flag football, but when you see an injury, I just feel like there has to be something that we do more now um, to really protect the player from themselves. Cause obviously even with this one, I feel like if the, so if the NFL missed it this past week with Tua and the team doctors missed it and the independent doctor missed it, Tua knew, Hey, I'm not right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, so, so there has to be something to be said. I'm not talking about, I saw somebody on Twitter say, well, Tua should be suspended for not, I think that's. Cool. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's, that's a if, bit if anything, if anything, the, the something additional would be the league just looking at every single replay and making sure that if a player does hit the ground, that, um, you know, if it's a forceful hit that they get off the field and they get, even checked. if it's just for a couple of plays, like yeah. come out the game. If we, you might be perfectly fine, but you felt a certain way that we feel like could cause a concussion. Come yeah. on. I, I don't know. Just something, but I just feel Even like you got to protect the NFL, players man. They can do a TV timeout or something, you know, check Easy. them over and then get one playoff. You know, you bring in a quarterback, hand the ball off, and then he comes back in. If it's something serious and you know it, and then you, you're going to have to game plan and strategize for that anyway. So, but, but just having that extra wherewithal and the league really like that, that's up to the league though on that side to make sure that, you know, they're really taking not only the product, but they're also taking the player's um, best interest. 
Yeah, no, for sure. So let's get back to, to your team and, and your division for a second, actually. Yeah. So last year, so one of the reasons too last year or this year why I also felt like, you know what, the Bengals ain't making the playoffs. One of the reasons was also last year, I felt like after Lamar Jackson's injury, obviously they were leading the division at that point. And I'm like, man, Lamar just gift wrapped the division for, for the Bengals. This mm-hmm. year, I'm not saying it's the same situation because I think the Bengals are playing better this year than they were last year. But mm-hmm. Almost a similar situation. The the Ravens were leading the division. Lamar goes down with his injury. And now, you know, the Bengals already on fire. It's like, okay, boom, we're back in that, that division leader spot. Um, what the heck is what 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 are what are what are the Baltimore Ravens doing, man? What are they gonna do with this guy? Yeah, um, I even told their fan base in the offseason, uh, when you have typically when you have catastrophic injuries like that, the following year you have catastrophic injuries again. Like it's not something that you escape. And honestly, you know, even if it's not a guy who was injured in a prior year, like it's just it's it's all the little things that they're doing with the medical staff and maybe, you know, the head coach. One of the things that Zach Taylor does, especially with players, um, you know, if they get tightness in practice, he shuts them down. If they, you know, come to him and they say, hey, I got a little tweak, shuts them down, shuts them down, not only for the day, a couple of days and then he brings them back. Make sure that they're healthy because this is a long road. We're trying to make a Super Bowl here. We're not trying to. You know, if, if you miss a game here and there, yeah, we, we need you for the big games, right? The games that matter, the games that win you the division, the games that put you in the in the first place in the AFC. But, you know, we don't need you every single game. So we just got to make sure that you're healthy for the r- long run. So shutting guys down is first and foremost and, and making sure that you're being cautious with those shutdowns where you're not, you know, bringing guys back too too soon or, you know, asking guys to do too much. Yeah, um, Sean McDermott kind of got beat up about that a couple times earlier where he was shut down a player and it's like they're going to rest him against a team. And it's like, well, it's not a big deal. He obviously coach talk. He won't say, well, it's not a big deal. We can beat these guys without him. But when you read between the lines, you can hear that. And um, but but for me, I agree with you, man. I look at it like, hey, we're 12 and three at this point. You guys are 11 and four. You know, like it's two teams at this point that obviously that's true. If they shut guys down for a certain amount of time during a certain stretch of games, and then we're still here, we're still talking about next week being for the conference. Mm-hmm. So let's let's now let's we got about eight seven minutes left in here, man. Let's go ahead and end it out and talk about that. So for the conference, the Bills fans already know. Everybody listening to the show typically is a Bills fan. They know every week we talk about why the conference is important. Right. This year, um, why is it important? Last year, you guys had home field advantage when you went against the the Chiefs, but why is it important? Um, for your team to, to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs? Um, it's important for both of our teams to be either number one or number two, because if you're not number one or number two, number three will probably have to play the Chargers in round one, have to play either the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Bengals in round two, and then have to play the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals in round three in order to get to the Super Bowl. So it's imperative for both of our teams to be either one or two. The other thing is, and I got to tell you, I know you're, you're, you guys love Buffalo and it's a great atmosphere and probably a great city. I sure as heck don't want to be going up to Buffalo to play playoff football. I think that that is the climate itself and, and what it represents. Like, I think that that could be a disaster for the chiefs or the Bengals. If they had to do that, I don't, I'm not saying that it's not a winnable game, 
I think that they could still potentially win the game, but mm-hmm. just the element and also the extra element of the fans it is something that is that is very difficult to get past. Well, and that's why the Bills, obviously, that's, that's why Josh Allen talks about it in almost every presser, because, like, look, it's not just being in front. You're right. Being the Bills Mafia, we're crazy. In, insane group of, you know, we're, we're insane. But on top of that, we saw it. You know, when, when, when teams come to – Cincinnati gets cold. We understand it gets cold. Mm-hmm. It snows in Cincinnati. But it's different. Not, not like 60 inches. You know? No. Yeah. Not like, yeah, not like, not like crazy snow. Like, you guys got like, what it, that, that, what is that? The lake effect or the, the river yeah. effect, whatever the that lake is. Lake effect snow, yep. And, and, and that is really, really difficult to, I, I would say, drive in, operate in, play a football game in you know, withstand, but you've been used to it your entire life. So you probably know exactly, you know, what it takes. Oh, I don't like it. I hate it. I moved. (laughs) I moved away. You moved. You I see the the biggest thing for me is like, I I don't even understand like how somebody lives in that. Like, like, how does the house not cave in from that much snow? Like, man, you know what? (laughs) They just had another blizzard over this past weekend that was combined with like 50 to 60 mile per hour winds. So Um, it was like a hurricane with a snowstorm. And it's just and again, like I said, at the top of the show, everybody who was affected by that, the lives lost and everything heart goes out to all of you. Um, But but no, it's it's that it's that type of it's just like, man, I couldn't do it. But for football purposes, when you're talking about that. Buffalo wants other teams to come there because it's different throwing in that weather. It's different. Like it's just different. So, so yeah, man, look, I appreciate you coming on, man. My, uh, my guy, Brad told me to tell you, uh, first he told me to tell you that, or he, he wanted to make sure I didn't let you talk about the skyline on show. I don't know. what. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey, don't (laughs) knock it till you try it. People just, just just try it one time. If you don't like it, then, then I'm I'm all fine if you if you want to you know bash on Skyline, but just give it an opportunity. And the, the other thing is Skyline dip on Bengal on on uh, NFL Sunday. That's the little cream cheese on the bottom, chili on top, and then cheese on top of that. It's beautiful. It's it's like a chip dip. Try it out. It's, right. it's amazing. It's amazing. We'll check it. <laughs> we'll check it out. But listen, let everybody know where they can find you. What content you got coming up this week, or just I know you do a bunch of spaces and stuff too. So if you yeah, have any yeah, scheduled, yeah, yeah. um, so I do uh Bengals Daily, which is a daily Bengals space from eleven to five every day, um, Monday to Friday. Um, you can find me at Game on J Money on Twitter. Um, Game on Five on Three has its own podcast. We're currently not doing something right now, but um. We, we will definitely be back uh, here soon. I'm trying to find a, an extra person to do it with. But, yeah, no, I appreciate you, man, for, for uh, you know, having me on. This has been a lot of fun. And, uh, hey, may the best team win, right? May yeah, the best team yeah. Win. And may the best team – both teams come out healthy. That's that's the real thing. Both 100%. teams come out healthy. May the best teams win. Hopefully we get to see you guys again in the playoffs. That's, and then that's we what can I'm saying. Do don't, don't be surprised if we see each other in the AFC championship game. Don't be surprised. I'm actually not surprised. I, I think um, – and then we can get out of here after this. I think, I think Chiefs fans and then a lot of people around the league still kind of feel like the AFC is the Chiefs. And I get it. In order to be the man, you got to beat the man. Technically, you beat the man last year. Three so, times, so, man. We beat the Chiefs so three me, times. So for me – 
when I'm looking at this, I'm looking for the Buffalo Bills. I understand that we haven't beat the Chiefs in like in the postseason, but mm-hmm. I'm not this year. I feel like it's different than years past, and I feel like last year the Bengals were the guys that got to the AFC the, the, the or the the Super Bowl. So those are the guys I want to go through. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting to see the Bengals in Orchard Park. I'm I'm hoping we win is what I'm saying. This Monday we get the conference, sure. and you guys got to come to Orchard Park. But man, good luck to you, ladies and gentlemen. My my man Jay Money here. He gonna be back on in the playoffs when we face the Bengals again. I'm calling it. Shout out to Game One. Is it five one three or five thirteen? I don't want to oh, say it properly. Five one three. That's just the area code of Cincinnati. Yeah. I, well, I know. I just I know some people got little. You know, little different ways they like to put swings uh, on five, things. So five one three is all I right. Can. Shout out to game on five. Game on five one three. Go check them out on Twitter. Jump in on some spaces. I might reach out to you and see if we do on Monday before the game or something. Since absolutely, you know, it's absolutely. A, Monday night football is a little bit different. So, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how I do it over here with the Buffalo Rumblers Vidcast and Podcast Network. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Code of conduct.